Hello everyone and welcome to the Warrior Stories podcast. My name is Hannah and on this show we deep dive into the unique health journeys of everyday people like you and me. From injuries to chronic illness to genetic issues, health can be so, so messy. And that's kind of why we're here. We want to raise awareness. We want to empower people to keep fighting, keep searching for answers. And we want to remind people that they're not alone. If any of that resonates with you, feel free to click that subscribe button so you always know when we have a new episode out because we always have amazing guests. Speaking of, I'm very excited to introduce our guest. Ashley Shehab is a certified life coach at Frisco Counseling and Wellness. She coaches women, men, and teen girls, both virtually and in person from her office in Frisco, Texas. She's a motivational speaker, a TCU football fan, and her favorite show is Stranger Things. So we, we all already have a lot in common with her. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about this as I feel like doing what I do, I certainly recognize that help is not just one lane. Everything is connected and it's so important. I feel like now more than ever, no matter how old you are, to be prioritizing your health and to be feeling good because that's why we're here. Absolutely. So you couldn't, you couldn't have said it better. I, if I could have asked you to say it, that's how I would have asked you to say it. Um, but no, I'm so excited to have you here. Um, not to jump around too much, but you are currently recovering from back surgery, correct? Yes, I am. My second back surgery in two years. I oh, never gosh. in a million years would have thought I would be here. I did not have an accident or anything that created the problem. I just started getting gradual pain back in the fall of 2019 in my left glute. Didn't really think all that much of it, to be honest. Kind of went and got a massage, thought, okay, it's going to go away. As well as. Yes, exactly. But it did not go away. And I kept stretching and getting more massages and thinking, hmm, this is sort of weird. And then from the glute, it started traveling down the leg and became full-blown nerve pain, but I didn't even really know what that was or what that meant at the time. And long story short, took months to even figure out what was happening. By the time I did, I found out I had a slip disc L5S1 on my left side, did physical therapy and pain management to try and correct it, didn't work. So I had to have a lumbar microdisectomy in March of 2020. Yeah, it was kind of intense. And right when everybody was locking down with the pandemic and came out of that, healed, felt great. And then just back at the end of August of 2022, when I was gearing up to go on vacation, started feeling some strange pain in my glutes again. Probably should have thought something of it in hindsight as I'm telling you this story, but I was like, oh, this is weird. I've messed, you know, done something working out. And in the matter of three days, went from, oh, I feel kind of sore to not being able to get out of bed, not being able to move, take care of myself at all, needing help, and had emergent surgery within, I think it was 16 days after the pain started because of the severity of the situation. And so as I sit here recovering, I had the same surgery, 
which was called a revision disectomy on the right side, L5S1, there was only a 5% chance that I would have ever needed that disc operated on again. So yay, maybe I should play the lotto or something. <laughs> I don't know. And yeah, sitting here recovering, I feel okay. I'm wearing my back brace, which you can't see. And my right glute all the way down to my foot is numb. Oh my and gosh achy. So it's not been the most fun, but it is part of the recovery process. And I'm honestly just happy to not have nerve pain and to be sitting in a chair right now. So happy I'm to happy. Be here talking yeah. to you. <laughs> I'm so happy that you're here as well. I Well, and I think one of the things that's so scary about things like that is you didn't necessarily have any sort of predisposition towards spinal injuries or, or degradation nope. or anything, did you? no predisposition to it. No one else in my family has any spinal issues at all. And I had no idea what it was when it first started. So all I knew, because I love to work out and have worked out consistently since high school is that, you know, I know you get sore. I know sometimes you tweak something. I know sometimes, you know, you have to take a few days off because you squatted the wrong way or you know, twisted the wrong way. And so I, in my mind kept thinking, Oh, I did this somehow and it'll just go away. And then it didn't. And so it took me so long to even have the wherewithal of going to get an MRI, going to see an orthopedic surgeon, any of that, because this world was totally brand new to me and it all came on out of nowhere. Well, and you're so young too. Yeah. It's, uh, it was tough to take that pill in as well. Tough pill to swallow because I consider myself a very physically fit person. Working out has always been one of my favorite things to do, honestly, more for my mental health than physical health, because working out when I'm doing a workout, that's like the only time my mind is totally present and focused and clear. And that, and I am a high energy person. So that's how I got into working out to begin with. Love it. Have always been consistent about it. And I feel like I do everything right from a physical standpoint. Like I do yoga, I stretch, like I eat healthy, I'm in a healthy weight. And I really consider myself to be an athlete, even though I don't know that by actual terms, I'm probably not (laughs) in my brain. I'm like a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. So I'm like, I'm sitting here thinking I'm like the model of health and fitness. Like I eat organic. I try to avoid inflammatory foods. Like I'm thinking I'm doing everything right. And then bam, here comes this curveball that really showed me like, well, it doesn't matter if I'm doing everything right. Unforeseen circumstances can still happen. I feel like one, your story resonates with me so much, so much. Um, and I won't really get into to my health issues because that's probably be its own episode. Um, <laughs> but I think one of the things that that really resonates with me is is you talk about i you know you kind of you did all the right things you did all the things that that you're supposed to do to be a a quote unquote healthy person yeah and it's you still just get the the rug dragged out from underneath you Mm -hmm. and i feel like there's almost a grieving process that you have to go through oh yeah when your health takes a dive like that um what was your kind of your, your mental health during all of this. And I know that's, that's a touchy subject, but no, I I love it because this is what I really actually want to talk about doing what I do, being a life coach. I'm in the mental health world all the time. And so when this happened to me the first time, I, 
I, I also had time to prepare the first time. I basically went six months of pain and trying to treat it before I went into the surgery. And so I, I kind of feel like back then I had a minute to wrap my head around it and everything. And I, I know doing what I do that my mental game was going to have to be strong in order for me to get through this physical challenge. And the day that I had surgery was the day that Dallas went on lockdown for COVID. And so I felt like, okay, I'm lucky because I was literally the last elective surgery, like having back surgery is elective, but whatever. But I felt like, oh, I'm so lucky that I got in and I'm so lucky that everything's closed. The world is healing with me is how I looked at it. And I had positive playlists. I had a gratitude journal. I had these daily meditations I was doing. I had researched all the anti-inflammatory foods and supplements and all of this. And I felt like, okay, I'm going to keep my mental game strong. And I felt like no matter what the doctor says, I am not going to let him limit me in any way. So my surgeon had told me that most of the healing takes place in the first three months. And at that time, my left leg was numb. And he said, you know, most of it takes place then, but basically up to a year is the nerve regeneration process for this. So at a year is the best you're ever going to feel. And I remember when he said that, I was like, yeah, I'm I'm choosing not to believe that. I'm not going to take that in. I'm just going to ride my own wave. And I'm so glad that I did. I'm so glad that I went in with the mindset of I'm not going to let anything a doctor says limit me because I hit that ear point and I still had pretty significant numbness in my left foot. And I was like, nope, this isn't going to be here. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep rehabbing. I'm going to keep prioritizing this. And lo and behold, it kept getting better and better and better to the point now where I would say I only have about maybe 15% numbness. And I have to really think about it because it doesn't really impact my day to day. So I kept myself in a very positive place the first time, which I feel helped me get through this. Now, this time around, this came on so fast. I mean, within three days, my life totally turned on its head. I had to cancel my vacation, cancel my clients, you know, everything just happened so fast. And a distinguishing factor this time too, is that my pain was never managed leading up to the surgery, whereas the last time it was. So I, this time has been much harder for me mentally. First of all, knowing I only had this 5% chance and it's like, what are the chances? You know, I've allowed my brain to go to kind of the dark side of why did this happen to me? What are the chances? Professionally, I became a full-time entrepreneur in January of this year. And it, I have just been moving along, picking up the momentum, just thrilled and so grateful with how my coaching career has been blossoming and growing. And I felt like when this happened, I was like, Oh my gosh, like why, why now? Like, why are you kicking me now? Like I have worked so hard since 2018 to get to this point. Why is this all crumbling down? So I will say that my mental health this time took a dark turn. I went to literally places like my life is ruined. I'm going to go into financial despair. I'm going to live with chronic pain. I mean, I went very, very dark. And I let myself do that. I said, okay, like clearly I need this right now. And I know all the textbook terms for what I was doing because I went to school for this. So I knew I was catastrophizing. I recognized that I have PTSD from the first time that I probably hadn't dealt with. Yeah. And so I, I went really dark and then I thought to myself, okay, you have all the tools. 
to turn this around. Like this is basically what you do with your clients, not necessarily around physical pain, but around trauma, around changing their lives. But I could not do it myself. I couldn't do it. And so I reached out for help. I got in touch with, I work with other therapists and I said, I need you. Like I need you to help me and tell me what to do. And I had a session with my coach and I basically gave myself permission to just survive. I gave myself permission to struggle and to feel like trash, but I said, I'm not going to live here and I'm going to ride this wave and I'm going to struggle and I'm going to be honest that I'm struggling. And that was a key piece for me. I, I reached out to friends, which I normally don't do. I am very, you know, I'm like, well, I'm a life coach. Like I'm supposed to like have it together or like be positive or put it out there. No, I texted friends, like my deepest, darkest things that I was thinking. And I think it might've even surprised them. And it certainly surprised me, but it was so healing to actually tell people, this is like literally what I'm thinking and it, and it's dark. And it, was so healing for me to receive their support, to receive their help, to receive them offering to bring me food or whatever it was, even neighbors of mine who I don't really know brought me food, offered to help. And I just said yes, really for the first time in my life. And all of that is what turned my mental health this time. It helped me to get out of that dark place, asking for help, being honest, and then allowing myself to receive it. I can't tell you, like, that. Hear, hearing you talk about, like, that second time around and your mental health during that process, like, I know it's, it's dark and you were dealing with so many heavy things. In a weird way, I'm, I'm really connecting with that because I'm, like, as someone who has an injury or a chronic illness, kind of catastrophizing, on oh. one hand, it's not helpful. But on the other hand, when you're worried about being in pain for the rest of your life, when you're worried about being disabled, when you're worried about financial ruin, all mm -hmm. of those worries are, are valid and possible. Yes. yes. And so it, it feels very, it, it, it almost feels silly to not worry about them. But at the same time, like you cannot live there. You cannot. That's not a place that you can sustain. Mm -hmm. And so hearing you talk about that, I'm I'm sitting here and and I don't know if you can if I'm actually doing it or not, but I'm just nodding my head. I'm like, <laughs> yep, absolutely. That's how it goes. Um God, you're gonna make me cry. Oh, I feel it too, so it's okay. <laughs> but I just I feel like your story in particular is so important. Um not just because you didn't have like a predisposition towards this at all or anything like that, which is remarkable, like having that sort of, of experience when you don't have any warnings, no, no genetic predisposition, no injuries, nothing is terrifying. Um, but you're not necessarily even in the age group for people no. with these types of injuries. Like no, I mean, I'm 39 now. And so I guess the pain started when I was what, like 36 or yeah, 36, 37. And I, I was just so shocked. And I would go sit in these doctor's offices or even in physical therapy. And I'd look around and like that hit my mental health hard too, because I didn't look like anybody else there. I mean, I was the youngest person by a lot. I was the most fit person by a lot. And I love to work out and I loved to be pushed. You know, they would give me that homework to do between, you know, physical therapy sessions, I would do it all and come back and be hungry for it. And they, the, even the physical therapist would be like, wow, most people, they don't want to do 
the homework, you know, they're fighting this. They don't want to do these exercises. And I'm like, why am I here? I am not most people. And even just literally a week ago, I went to my post-op appointment and sat in the waiting room and I looked at my mom and I said, this is killing me right now because I'm the only person in here. I mean, the, well, the waiting room was full. There had to have been at least 15 other people in there. I was the only person who didn't have gray hair. I was the only person who probably have, has a healthy body weight. And I, that sounds terrible. And I'm not trying to sound judgmental by any means, but it's just the observation. It's part of the picture. Of, yeah. yeah. It's part of the picture. And I'm sitting here and I'm pissed because I'm like, why am I in this room with these people? Like this doesn't make sense. And I honestly, in that moment said, okay, you, you have to kind of shut down right now. You have to shut down because if you sit here and you compare to this room, you're going to go down a dark spiral. So I kind of just like, honestly shut off. Like, just don't think about it. Don't take it in. Don't look at it. Put on a blinder until you get into that room with the doctor and can talk to him about your specific case. Like yeah. stay in your lane, Ashley, stay in your lane. Well, I think that's something that people don't talk about is that the waiting rooms at doctor's offices are where you have some of the darkest thoughts. Cause so dark. you're, you're sitting there, you're, you're literally physically waiting. So that you're, you're mm -hmm. in limbo mentally, physically. Mm -hmm. And especially if you're in like a specialist office waiting with other people who have similar or related illnesses or injuries yes. as you are, you cannot help but compare yourself to the other people in there. Yes. It's human nature. And so you're like, is that my future? You know, why doesn't anyone else here look like me? Is this what I have to look forward to? Um, but at the same time, I think it's very humbling because it is, you know what, you know what you're going through. And then you think these other people are going through this as well or something very similar. And I think it, in a, in a way it, it kind of connects you. You're like, you know what? However, I would have thought about this illness or the situation before, like, I know what it takes now and, and I'm not winning yeah. every day and, mm -hmm. and everybody here is fighting and working and just trying to get through it. I love that you said that. And I love that perspective because I think that when you're in pain of any kind, whether it be my pain, which was physical from this slip disc, like your pain that could have come from your autoimmune issues or the mental pain, the emotional pain that came from a traumatic life event or, you know, whatever the case may be. It's so isolating. I feel like no one in my life honestly gets what I'm going through right now because no one in my life has ever had back pain. No one in my life has ever had back surgery. And I feel like I'm on this Island by myself and then I go to the doctor's office and see these people. And I think, but you're nothing like me. We have nothing in common. And hearing you say that reminded me of, I, I, of group coaching. Anytime I ever host a group, the group has so much in common that it's like mind blowing to me. And I think that this is a good realization for anyone who does feel isolated or feels like they're suffering in silence. Like you don't have to, there are so many people around you who can connect to you on some level and help you feel not alone. Even if no one in my life has gone through back pain and back surgery, a close friend of mine went through an infertility journey and she can relate to me in 
different ways. You know, she can kind of connect to when she was going through that infertility of her feeling this certain way and her being mad at her body and her feeling like disconnected from her body and all that. And hearing her say that it's like, well, I'm mad at my body too. So like, thank you for understanding that piece. And so I think that during these times of pain and suffering of any kind, our natural inclination is to feel isolated and to cocoon into ourselves. Like my natural inclination with this is to push everybody away. I think that is the natural response. Why? I hate that. I want to change that. Well, and that's, hopefully that's what we're doing. Hopefully. Uh, it, It gave me chills when you were talking about feeling isolated. I, and, and again, I won't get into my stuff too much because, because we're here for your story, but like there were so many times growing up when I was like, man, I'm an alien. I don't relate to other people at all. They have no idea what I'm going through. Life is so different for me and other people like my other friends, my other family members just cannot understand. Mm -hmm. And hearing you talk about that isolation, it just like a little bell went off in my head. I was like, oh, I have that. I have that for sure. And I know that we're not alone. Absolutely not. We're not. And it's like, why do we tell ourselves we are? I think that that's another way that we catastrophize. That's another way that, you know, when you go through trauma, whether it be you've had a divorce or you have had a health event, your brain tries to protect you and your brain really does shut down. And I think that it must be this feeling of isolation is like part of the shutdown of like, well, I'm just going to go into this dark hole and like cry because I don't know what else to do. And I think that in these times where we're feeling isolated, what I'm trying to do right now is use that isolation as almost like visualizing like a lighthouse shining a light in the darkness. It's like, if I feel isolated, that's that light coming around saying, Oh, Ashley, you need to look at this. You're feeling isolated. Oh, I love that. Okay. Then what do I need now? What do I need? Like I need to connect with somebody. I mean, the text message that I sent one of my best friends the other day, I feel like she was probably like, Oh my God, is this woman is like, she is really crying out for help. And it was probably the most raw, intense, dark text message I've ever sent. And she responded and she responded well, and she was on it. And I'm like, now I feel, I feel heard. I feel seen. I feel like, okay, I've connected to her on this deeper level because even if you're isolation, you know, you could have your family or friends, people around you, taking care of you, supporting you through this journey but you need that deep connection of, okay, yeah, like I have 10 people in this house taking care of me, but like I need to deeply connect to somebody and feel like I can emotionally, like, I don't know, share this with them so that I'm not sitting here drowning in it. And this is something I tell my clients, like give your pain to me, share it with me. Like if you tell me about it, then we're in this together. Like my energy now is attached to yours and we're going to rise together. I'm going to pull you up energetically. And I think that's what a lot of this is, is that we need our energy to connect to other people so that we can pull up together. I I'm so in awe. Uh, whenever you were talking about sending those texts to people, my, my toes curled up. Like I had a very (laughs) physical response. I was like, Oh no, no. Like how could, how could I possibly be so, so open and vulnerable? And like, and I think that's one of the things that, that we struggle with is that even if we are sick, even if we're injured, 
we kind of want to put on this face of everything's okay. Like I'm dealing with it. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm coping, I'm recovering mm -hmm. and just coming to terms with the fact that I'm not doing okay. I'm having a rough yeah. day. My pain is unmanageable today. My mm -hmm. energy is bad. And being able to connect with other people about that and, and not have them ignore you or throw it back in your face. Yes. And there's the fear of people think I'm complaining or, you know, yes. am, I'm being is, a burden. Is a bur yes. Oh, God, I hate that word because it, it is so powerful. <laughs> I wish it wasn't. It is. And I feel like for me, you know, I'm lucky and that I have people who are checking on me and texting me and reaching out and asking me how I'm, how I'm doing. But I felt like I had to respond with like, I'm doing better. Things are getting better. And it's like, yeah, things aren't getting better. And so I was like, screw it. I'm not going to tell them it's getting better. I'm going to tell them I feel terrible today. I am an emotional wreck today. I'm so tired today. I'm in so much pain. I can't even think like I just started honestly being honest and I was surprised by the fact that by being honest, I actually felt okay. Like I didn't feel shame. I didn't feel embarrassed. I just felt like here's it. Here is what it is. I don't know if you can receive it or not. I, I wasn't surprised by who could receive it and who couldn't because <laughs> doing what I do, I'm pretty aware of pretty the you know that. emotional health levels around me, but it's not my job to worry about if you can receive it or not. It's my job to be an authentic human being. And so that's what I'm going to show up as right now. And I think for me, this has been the silver lining on the dark cloud is that I am responding to this in ways I never had before. Like I am being completely honest. I am voicing everything. I am accepting help, which like, if we go back to 2019, when this all first started, when I really took a turn, which was at the beginning of 2020, I think I went an entire day, if not two days without eating or drinking because I couldn't move. And at the time I didn't even have the wherewithal to reach out for help. Like that is how foreign the concept of help was for me. And this time when I went down, it was like immediate text sent like SOS. <laughs> I need you right now. And I let them show up and I let them sit here and I let them do whatever. And I didn't try to push it out. And that to me is like, well, if anything could have come out of this, at least I have learned to receive. At least I have learned to vocalize my needs. At least I have learned to try and connect with people on a deeper level because there's a reason this happens to all of us. Like there has to be a reason. And I want to look at the bright side. Like that helps me get through this. Like it makes me feel emotional. It's like I could drown in the darkness. So like I have to anchor into the light. Well, and imagine what a beautiful space that creates for the other people in your life too. Yes. So, you know, they, they're like, oh, she reached out to me when she was having a hard time. Yes. I'm allowed to lean on other people too. It creates this space of generosity and vulnerability and openness that that we we don't really grow up with. At least I know I didn't. Oh, nobody, nobody does. And I see this with all of my clients too. It's like, it's crazy because we, we live in this world where if you reached out to me at your lowest point, I would feel honored and touched and I would do anything you needed. It's like, if it was 3 a.m., I would be there for my friend and I would be honored that they 
felt safe with me, but I can't do that the other way. Yeah. I can't, <laughs> you know, and it's like, when you think about it, it's so silly. Cause it's like, I would feel so touched. Like, let me give my friend a chance to feel touched. And she gets to decide if she can show up or not. You know, it's everybody's decision of how they're going to show up in these situations. But why do we act like us reaching out for help and us sharing our deepest, darkest vulnerabilities is a negative? That's what I don't understand. Well, and I also feel like even even just outside of of the beautiful mental health aspects of, of being more vulnerable and being more open, if people didn't view feeling sick or feeling hurt or injured in such, not necessarily even a negative way, but if there wasn't such a stigma around it, I feel like people would get help sooner. Oh, I agree. I think there's a shame around it. There's a shame around the weakness or a shame around, especially, you know, in my, my case, it's like, I feel like, well, I was doing everything right. And so to me, then I go to, well, clearly I wasn't doing enough. Like yeah. I must've been doing something This is my wrong. fault. Exactly. I'm like, well, beating myself up, holding myself to this unrealistic perfectionism standpoint when really it's like, no, like, let's just say, okay, this happened. This sucks. This is what I'm going through. Like, I need you. If you can't be here for me, I understand. And if you can be here for me, Thank, thank you. you. My gosh, thank Please you. Please come in. And I think that's a piece of this too is, you know, people don't realize you cannot pour from an empty cup as cliche as that sounds. And we are all oftentimes pouring from this empty cup. And so there may be a friend who I reach out to needing support that they can't give it to me right now because they're going through a dark time or they have a lot on their plate and they shouldn't feel guilty about that. If they can pray for me and that's all they can do, great. If they can't even do that because they're drowning in their own situation, okay. Like, let's all just accept each other where we are right now and just, like, take the pressure off. I love that. I love that so much. I don't I don't know where I saw it, um, but I, I'm sure it was, like, a something on Instagram. Somebody was talking about how, how to respond when when somebody is like venting or, or telling you their troubles or whatever. And, and they said something along the lines of, you know, do you want advice or do you just want an ear to listen? You know, do you just want mm-hmm. to vent? Um, or, or like another way is when you, when you need to talk to someone and say like, Hey, do you have like the emotional capacity for me to vent right now? And I, yeah. and I, somebody I was with, they were like, well, that's kind of silly. And I was like, I don't know. I don't really think it is like giving and receiving. It's an exchange of energy, like whether it's a conversation, whether it's, you know, helping someone move, whatever, (laughs) like when, when you're with someone during that exchange of energy of emotion, it's, it's powerful. And acknowledging that I feel like is really important. And it, it, it grows your bond with people. I completely agree. And it's also, I think that we all have a tendency to put unrealistic expectations on ourselves. Mm. I mean, perfectionism is a massive theme I see in myself, with my clients, this, we hold ourselves to such a high bar and we think we just have to keep doing, 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 giving, giving, giving. And it's like, let's accept the reality of the situation. Right now I am struggling. So can I, if my friend fell and broke her ankle. Can I go physically help her right now? No, 
I can't because I'm physically unable to even take care of myself right now. So I can't physically take care of someone else. And it's like, let's just honor that. Let's just honor that and say that, you know, sometimes people can show up for me. Sometimes they can't. Let's just all give ourselves and each other that grace. And I think that that helps us to connect and not feel isolated. And that helps us to work on our own mental health when we're going through this stuff of giving myself grace. Like I had a few really good days and then I had a really, 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 really bad day physically and emotionally. And it's like, okay, this is part of the healing journey. This is what I tell my clients who are on a healing journey with their emotional and mental health or their personal growth and development and goals is I tell them this is three steps forward, one step back, five steps forward, 10 steps back. This is not a linear process, but you're still doing it. And you keep putting one foot in front of the other. And eventually it all changes. Like give yourself grace on those times where you do take a step back instead of beating yourself up. Like, well, what did I do wrong? Well, I should be doing more. Well, my life is over. I think you're absolutely right. I, it makes me think of the, the thing that it made me think of the most is like, and this is going to sound goofy when you have good friend, like when you have a chronic illness or an injury or something, and you have good friends that you really still want them to be in your life and to be there for you. I feel like in a weird way, you kind of have to be extra patient with your friends and kind of teach them how to support you. Agreed. And, and it seems so goofy because you're like, well, they should just be there for you. But that means different things for different people in different situations. Um, and some, you know, I have some friends with, with other chronic illnesses and things, and they'll just say, just s- send me a message. Even if it's just good morning, just send me something. Even mm-hmm. if it's goofy, I don't care. Um, and then I have other friends that are like, let's get together once a month. Like mm-hmm. it just, it just depends on people's bandwidth, their energy bandwidth. Mm-hmm. And obviously if you're an adult, your schedule, which is mm-hmm. a nightmare. Uh, but, but I feel like just kind of easing your friends and family members into, Hey, this is kind of how my life is right now. Um, whether it's, you know, temporary or permanent, like here's how you can best support me. Here's how I can be there for you. And, and mm-hmm. that might not be what they're used to. I totally agree. And I think you're tapping into this big issue that I see and the work that I do is that we, especially as women, but men as well, are not taught to express our needs. We're not even necessarily taught to know what our needs are. Absolutely. And so if someone's saying to me, well, let me know if I can do anything for you. I'm like, I don't know what you can do for me. We have to start learning more about ourselves and being comfortable to say, yes, actually, I need you to go pick up my prescriptions. They're at Kroger. Here's my credit card, you know, or yes, you know what I need you to text me every morning to just check in because then I'll know you're thinking about me, but Mm -hmm. we don't know that. And to be fair, sometimes when we're at our lowest of the low, drowning in the pain, drowning in the sickness, drowning in it all, it's like, we don't have the energy to even think about what we need because we're drowning And what I'm learning out of this really is two things. One, I need to be better about knowing what my needs are and expressing them. But two, at the, you know, eventually I'm going to be good again. You know, I'm going to be able to help other people be out there supporting people. So if I have a friend who is going through something, I'm, instead of asking that friend, what do you need? I'm just going to show up 
Like, first of all, everybody always needs food. Okay. Like, let's <laughs> right. be honest. Like, we can always use some nibbles. We can always use like flowers, cozy things, uh, happy yes. things. So like from now, like, this is like, honestly, a promise I've made to myself from now on. If I have a friend going through anything, I am showing up with food and like happy something, even if they like, I'm not even going to ask, I'm just going to be like, here we go. And, and just saying, like, I had a friend come over here really shortly after my surgery and I was so exhausted and she brought me food, which was so sweet. And I felt up to sitting and eating with her. But what I really appreciated was as soon as we were done eating, she was like, okay, well, I'm sure you must be exhausted. So I'm going to go. I don't want in. And she just like ran out, like didn't give me a chance to even argue. And I was like, thank you. Yeah, please leave. <laughs> <laughs> I got so tired right now. But it's, it's just looking at all of it, express your needs, give each other grace, try to show up for each other, however you can. And just, you know, ride this wave of crazy that we're all on. Absolutely. I, oh man. Well, and you're talking about like getting flowers or food or whatever. And I was like, yeah, that really is just like a little serotonin boost. Like it is. who doesn't love that? Who doesn't uh, love that? I and mean, even if I have a fridge full, full of food and you bring me food, I'm going to eat it and be excited right? about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Let's shift gears just a little bit. Um, so like we mentioned earlier, you are currently recovering from back surgery. Yes. Would you mind sharing with us what is your day-to-day -day like right now while you're recovering? Yeah, it's, um, I'm a very routined person. Like even my dog is routined at this point. Like he knows what time he gets his breakfast and dinner. He knows what time he gets to go to the park, all of these things. And so I like that. I like that feeling of control if we're being honest. Yeah, oh, right? for sure. So right now I can't have that because I am really trying to honor my body. And as someone who loves control and structure and planning, I cannot do that right now. I cannot plan to go have dinner with a friend. I can't plan literally to even go to the grocery right now because I am trying to really be and honor how I feel, which is basically the opposite of the American way of like doing and thinking. Go, go, go. Exactly. And so my day to day right now is I, 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 I'm lucky being an entrepreneur that I get to pick the times that I work and I'm not a morning person. So I do not work <laughs> in the morning and that's just how it is. But I do have a team meeting that I have every Tuesday at 8am. So I'm like, all right, I got to be awake for that. But I'm actually allowing myself to just wake up when I wake up to feel into a big part of this is you, when you're recovering from back surgery, they do want you to walk. The nerve really likes the blood flow and walking is a good way to do that. You know, low impact, obviously. So I, it is part of my healing that I have to walk at least 30 minutes every day. So I'm feeling into, okay, do I want to get up and immediately do that? Do I need to wait? Do I need to have coffee first? Like I'm really feeling into the day. And so my days look very different right now. Like yesterday I got up, I went for a walk, I had my breakfast and then I was so unbelievably tired that I just went back to bed. And then I woke back up and I coached some people and I actually felt up to going into the office to see some, some groups that I have. And so I did. And then today I'm actually feeling more energized and that I woke up, I went for my walk, but I moved extremely slowly all morning and I'm just honoring that. And then, you know, my mom had, my mom's here helping me out and she had asked if I wanted to go anywhere this afternoon. I have a break in my schedule and I was like, I don't know. I'm going to let you know when the afternoon comes, how I feel. So really the walk is a non-negotiable as that's a part of my healing right now. 
And other than that, and obviously meeting my clients, I have that scheduled. But other than those two things, I'm just letting myself do what feels the best. I love so much the way you have framed that because the when you say I'm I'm honoring that, I feel like there's there's been points in my life in in my my illness where I would have framed it very negatively. I would have been like, mm-hmm. I'm at the mercy of mm-hmm. my body. And hearing you say, I'm I'm honoring my body, I'm honoring this healing, that like that's oddly like healing something in me to hear you phrase Good. it like that. That's that's so incredibly beautiful. Cause I, I feel like it is it's so hard to detach yourself from that. And especially I also love routine. I love yeah. I love structure. Yay, control. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's how I control everything is by controlling yeah. everything. That's that's yeah. how it works. Uh but but hearing you say, like, no, I'm gonna honor this. I'm gonna honor my body, I'm gonna honor this healing journey. That is that is so exquisite to me. That that that's so powerful. Well, thank you because I worked hard on that because I think that the honoring has grown out of acceptance of accepting that this has happened in my life. This is where I am and I'm going to honor it. I I I don't have it in me to fight against it and I have fought against it many times in my life, not with this per se, but just fought against being somewhere I didn't want to be in a job I didn't want to be in, being single if I didn't want to be, whatever, fought it. And now I'm like, no, I'm going to accept the reality of this situation. I'm going to accept that this is out of my control. Okay, what is in my control? Pretty much just my attitude about this and the effort that I put into coping with it. And that's it. And just losing that fighting piece is liberating. I I love, there's so many times, and especially hearing you talk about like your daily routine and everything, it, it feels, there are so many junctures in your health journey where you, you can feel helpless. Oh, you yeah. can feel everything is out of my control. But the way you've reframed it and the, the way you're approaching it, it really reminds me that everyone that I know that has either had an injury, a chronic illness, you know, whatever, they are some of the most powerful people that I know. Like they know what they can overcome. They know mm-hmm. what they can withstand. Like that's that's why we call it the Warrior Stories Podcast because yeah. you're fighting like every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And your body can be at its absolute worst in pain, unable to function. But if you have your mind, you are standing in your power. If you have emotions, you are standing in your power. Like I was laid out, couldn't move, but I had my mind and it's like, okay, I better get this mind right because this mind is going to carry this body right now. And until the body figures it out, this is what I have. I can dream. I can hope. I can anchor into the good. I really believe that our mind can create such miracles. Like people have healing miracles all the time. Where does that come from? I really feel our mind. And if you take it to a spiritual level, I think that our feeling bodies are connected to the divine, whatever that is for you, be it God, be it the universe, be it each other. There is something in us that can create a miracle. And so I want to lean into that. And something that I have learned on my journey is whenever something is happening, 
specifically that I don't want to be happening, but in general, <laughs> I try to ask myself, who do I want to be? What is the story that I want to tell after this? Like, do I want to be the person that just like lays down in defeat and gives up? Or do I want to be the person that feels fear and hope at the same time? Like, that's the person I want to be. That makes me feel better. And I think it's funny because at one point on my rehab process from the last surgery, my Pilates instructor had said to me, the goal is to get out of pain. So like if we were doing an exercise and I was feeling pain, like then we need to get out of it. Like the goal is to get out of pain. Okay. Let me look at that from an emotional standpoint. I can emotionally get myself out of pain physically right now, maybe not, but emotionally I can. So if that's the goal, like I'm going to lean into that. Oh my gosh. That just, it gave me chills so much. Um, I have two final questions for you. Um, if you were to meet someone who is going through something very similar to what you have gone through, what would you want them to know? Oh, that they, that I'm here. I am here in whatever capacity you want me to be here. Whether that means you're like my Instagram friend and you're inspired by my journey and we just socially talk on there or whether that be that you're my real life friend, or whether that be that you're my client who I meet weekly. I am here however you need someone to be here and I'll be your light. Makes me emotional. It's like, that's why I'm in this, to be a light for other people. It reminds me of your, your lighthouse imagery from earlier. Like that just, that really touched me so much. Um, and my, my last question, after going through everything that you've been through, you've had such an amazing, intense journey so far. How does it feel? <laughs> I know you're right. <laughs> well, you, you kind of have to laugh. Like you get to, you, you, do. Get to, you get to laugh, you get to cry, you get to be numb, you get to feel the full spectrum. You do. Absolutely. But, but after you've been through everything that you've been through, how does it feel to have come this far to where you're at right now? I mean, it's truly a miracle and it's, it's a combination of so many things of the doctor knowing what to do of my mind, knowing what to do of my body, knowing what to do. It's, it's nothing short of amazing. And even if it's just, you're, you're in the thick of it, it's like just celebrating every little tiny victory of like, I couldn't move, but today I made myself tea you know, of like, I felt like I was going to just die yesterday. And today I feel 10% better, like celebrating every little thing because it all is, it is a miracle. And for me specifically, like I've done this once and I had good results. So why couldn't I do it again and have good results? And that's like an empowering feeling. Like my body knows what it's doing, even when I think it doesn't, even when I'm mad at it, there's muscle memory here. There's, to me, a deeper connectedness, higher power here that I'm channeling into. So I can't wait for this to be a distant memory <laughs> since I'm like in it right now, but I know it will be. Ashley, thank you. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your story. You, you truly are a warrior. You really, really thank are. You. Thank you so you? much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, where can people connect with you online if they're interested just in your story yes. or in your services? Yes, I would love for people to connect. I am 
most active on Instagram, Ashley, the life coach is my Instagram handle. Like, tell me that you saw me on here. Like, talk to me. Like, I want to connect. <laughs> I, I always say like, I'm not a salesperson. I'm a life coach. Like I'm about the people. I just want to talk. If you heard the story, if it resonated with you, like send me a message. I would love to connect Ashley, the life coach on Instagram. And then you, my website is on there. Lifecoachashley.com. I work at Frisco counseling and wellness. My email is Ashley at Frisco counseling and wellness.com. Like however you want to connect, connect. This is, I'm, I'm a safe space for everybody. And if, if I am not the person to help you, I want to find someone that will. And there's just such power in all of this. And I, I, I don't know. I am such a people person. I could sit around talking to people all day, hence my job. So yeah, <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, you heard it here, people. Connect with Ashley on Instagram or her website or even her email. Yeah, um, come on. <laughs> yeah. And that actually wraps up this episode of the Warrior Stories podcast. Thank you all so much for sticking around. Huge, huge thank you to Ashley for hanging out with us. Welcome. Thank you for having me. This has been awesome. It's like healing for me to just tell it. Good. Uh, yeah, that's it. Make sure everybody yeah. subscribes, give us a like, depending on where you're watching or listening to us. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye.